tuning in to Category 5 TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. Thanks for coming along. We've got a very busy show ahead of us today and lots to do. So you'll remember from last week we were working on a PC Linux OS computer system and our goal is to set up this system to uh, be able to uh, virtualize. We're going to have a 3D rotating cube. Right now we've just got a base uh, uh, PC Linux OS installation. So we're going to get through that today and we've got to really move along because we've got uh, to install Windows XP onto one of those cube faces. So we have, uh, of course, that's going to take a little longer than the installation of PC Linux OS itself. Uh, our phone lines are open and uh, you can just call me up anytime throughout the show. We're on the air for one hour live at uh, www.tv.robbyf.com and of course uh, you can call us up at 705-739-1056. Let's jump right over to the PC Linux OS computer. And the first thing that we want to do, now we left off last week, we installed the, uh, the PC Linux OS on the system and we installed the drivers for the NVIDIA chipset uh, graphics card. So today we're going to um, pick up where we left off. Of course, there was a little bit of a problem last week. I fixed that. Don't worry about it. It's never happened to me before, and it was just a bandwidth issue that we were running into because we were downloading so many things at once and, and streaming the, the show at the same time. So first thing we want to do is just log right out of our user session. This is just a quick nitty-gritty way to get that 3D desktop installed and running on PC Linux OS. So now... We've gone over this last week, just bringing up the Sessions menu, and we just want to pick Break 3D, and that's going to allow us to configure your 3D uh, graphic environment. So we're just going to log in as our root user, because again, we're going to be um, changing system settings here. And rather than jumping into the regular desktop that we normally see, we see the 3D desktop effects uh, wizard here. So we're just going to turn on full 3D desktop effects which is only available if you have hardware and drivers that support it. Because we've installed the NVIDIA chipset card and the drivers for it, we can use native support. We don't have to install XGL or anything like that. And the default option is already checked, use barrel. That's going to be perfect for us because that's going to give us that 3D cube, lots of great special effects on the, uh, on the desktop and everything. That's automatically restarting now that I've hit OK. And now we just want to switch back our session to KDE. Make sure we do that, otherwise every time you go to log in, you're going to be logging right back into the, uh, to the Drake 3D. So now log back in as your root user, and here we go, PC Linux OS with Barrel. Now that's, that going white like that is when Barrel is actually activating. There is a way that we can, we can avoid that if we'd like to have Barrel run uh, after everything is loaded. Now, holding Control and Alt, and then my left mouse button, that's all there is to it. Now we can scroll around and we've got a 3D desktop cube. Not to mention we've got some really great features uh, such as what they call the wobbly windows. Really cool desktop effects. You'll get used to them and, uh, and you'll never want to be without them. Different things that uh, other operating systems just don't offer. This is all included in this operating system that's absolutely free of charge. Just a reminder that uh, you can email me tv at robbyf.com and also visit our website uh, for our, our web forum, and that is uh, www.tv.robbyf.com. We've got a few people coming on right now. Phil's excited that we're using KDE today. <laughs> now, speaking of that, Phil, I should mention as well, last week I had made a mention that PC Linux OS was a Debian-based operating system, and to my surprise, I found out uh, today when I was doing a little research that I was absolutely wrong. Well, not quite wrong, but it was actually... Um, it was built upon the technology of the, uh, the Mandriva operating system, so that was like the uh, a derivative of Mandrake back when Mandrake was around. So, but here's the catcher, is that they've also used source code from Gen 2, OpenSUSE, Fedora, Debian, and Ubuntu. So the operating system has got some, some of the core components now. Of course, uh, the first few times that I had installed PC Linux OS, I've been using apt-get, so of course apt usually just comes with the Debian operating system, so I made that assumption that uh, it was Debian-based. But yes, it is KDE and it's Mandriva-based, but it's got some code from all different operating systems, so it's almost uh, one in its own. So, jumping right back to that, again our phone lines are open at 705-739-1056. We've really got to move along today, so what I've done uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the VMware Server Edition software. What VMware does is it allows us to virtualize. So our computer can, uh, can run multiple operating systems simultaneously through by running what's called a virtual machine. It's like a pretend computer within your computer. So we, all we're going to do is just type in VMware. 
That's going to take us right to VMware.com. Let's jump over to our products page here and just scroll down until we see VMware Server right there. The reason that we're going with the server version, now it's not going to be ideal for everybody and it certainly uh, it doesn't carry the same multimedia benefits that uh, VMware Workstation carries. However, the VMware Server Edition is absolutely free. You can download it, you can try it, you can play with it, you can create your virtual machines, you can install Windows XP into Linux, and there is also a Windows version, so if you'd like to do the opposite, if you'd like to try Linux, now you can install Linux into a Windows operating system. So, the reason that we're going with that, uh, that Server Edition isn't for the feature set, it's just for the fact that it's absolutely free. So back over at the uh, VMware Server website, we're just going to click on Download here. And then clicking on download now, I mean it's very straightforward, you're going to find your way around. Uh, now of course we've read over all of this, so we're just going to say yes to that. We're not going to read it while we're live on the air. Now this is the trick here, is we need to know what version we're looking for. Now here's the Windows version, so that's easy, it's an executable file. And then we've got VMware Server for Linux, so we've got basically two different versions. We've got the tar.gz uh, 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 that you would have to compile yourself. So you would de decompress the source code and then compile it. Um, so that would work on Ubuntu and uh, any operating system that doesn't support RPMs. But uh, this operating system, uh, PC Linux OS, does use the RPM system from Mandriva. Uh, so we can just click on that binary RPM, download that to our desktop, and that's not going to be a problem. We're going to be able to install that without having to go through the uh, having to compile. So now I've already I've already downloaded this. It's about 100 megs, so we're not going to take the time. I've downloaded it to the desktop here, and we're just going to double click on that RPM file. Now it's never worked with RPM files before, so it's going to ask you what you want to do. So we're just going to type RPM dash I for install dash F for file. So what's going to happen here is that that command is going to precede the name of the file name. So the actual command being sent to RPM is dash I for install, dash F for file, and then the file name that you have there on your desktop. So now, the next thing that we have to click is run in terminal, because this is a terminal application, but we don't really need to see that. We can just hit OK. So we are running in terminal. It's not going to look like it's doing anything. And then as soon as it's done installing, it's going to vanish that window. We'll see, it doesn't take a whole long time, but it, again, there, okay, it's done. So that is actually installed in your computer now. Now this is where some people get a little intimidated because we do have to jump to console. That's basically uh, the Linux equivalent to uh, Microsoft DOS. Um, so that's like your command prompt where you have to enter commands. Now, but this is very, very simple. So um, just follow along and you'll be able to, um, to pick this up very quickly. And of course, I'll post in the forum as well these instructions. So now that VMware server is installed, we can just use our uh, VMware config.pl. So that's VMware-config.pl. So you just type that command in, and then that's going to go through. It's going to uh, automatically compile VMware. It's going to ask you a whole bunch of questions for which pretty much every single question. Here we go. Where do you want to install the MIME types? Enter. I'm just going to keep pressing enter, and that's just going to keep on selecting. Because PC Linux OS is already laid out with all the things that VMware needs, your, CS, uh, your C compiler, uh, everything like that, you can just hit enter. You don't have to worry about can, you know, having to find these things, because they're already laid out in the proper locations. So when VMware goes to use the defaults, it's going to find exactly what it's looking for. So this is just a process of just hitting enter several times. Here we go. Remember, our phone lines are open at 705-739-1056. You can also MSN me, tv at robbyf.com. Okay, that's all there is to it. Now, I should mention as well, when you're back over at the, uh, at the VMware website, you'll see up here, now I know you can't really see it on the, on the screenshot, but if you bring up this website yourself, uh, you'll see a button that says register for your free serial numbers. Again, I've already done this, so you just enter your first and last name, it's just your information, and this gives you that free serial number so that you have the right to install this software. So I've already done that, it's ready to go. So now, it's already configured, I just type VMware, and that's going to pop up the VMware application. It's going to ask me where I want to connect to, so this is looking for a server. If you have a remote VMware host, you can do that, uh, but we're just going to connect to the local host here. So our first window that we see is going to uh, be asking us for our virtual machine. So if we have one, we can open it. If we want to create a new one, we can do that. So I'm just going to do that. Let's create a new virtual machine. 
This wizard is going to guide you through the steps of creating a new virtual machine. We'll click Next. Do we want to use typical or custom settings? In this case, because it's our first time around, we're just going to use typical. Do we want to install Microsoft Windows, Linux, Novell Netware, Sun Solaris, or other? We're going with Microsoft Windows and then version. We've got this whole long list of all the different versions of Microsoft Windows that we could install, including Vista and Vista X64, uh, as well as the server operating systems. But today, we're going to be installing the 32-bit edition of Windows XP Professional. So now we just hit Next. It's asking us what we'd like to call it. We'll just call it Windows XP Professional and it asks you where you'd like to save it to. I'm fine with just the default location at this point. Networking options you can play around with once you get a little more advanced, but for now just use a, bri use a bridged network. That's going to allow your virtual machine access to your internet connection, uh, your resources, your internal network if you have shared printers and things like that. Um, then it's asking how big would you like your virtual hard drive to be? cool thing about virtual machines is that everything within the virtual machine is virtual hardware. So you can add virtual RAM. Let's say you've got a virtual machine that has 256 megs of RAM, but then you find, okay, we've installed Photoshop. I'd really like to have a gig of RAM. Well, as long as your host computer can support that, my computer, for example, has got four gigs of RAM in it right now. So if I put an operating system in there, I can easily allocate one or two gigs of RAM because I know that I don't really need that much all at once. So um, in this instance, it's asking us how big we'd like our hard drive to be. The default is eight gigabytes, but we can set that as big as we want as long as it's within the limits of our own physical hard drive within the host computer. So if you've got a 60 gig hard drive, it would be pretty foolish to install a virtual machine that's going to use 55 gigs of that because that only gives you five gigs for your, your host computer. So we're just going to leave that at the default of eight gigs because we're just experimenting today. And we're going to um, disable the feature that says allocate all disk space now. The reason that we're doing that is for time constraints. If you have the time that you'd like to uh, allow it to do that, when you're doing this yourself, you may want to leave that on, and that will actually allocate all of that space at once so that you get increased performance. By not doing this, what we're doing is we're going to be able to create this file quicker, uh, which is perfect for the show, but it's going to, basically, the file that is your virtual hard drive is going to grow as you fill it with, uh, with information within the Windows operating system. So now we've got our Windows XP Professional op uh, Virtual Machine ready to go. It comes pre-installed with 192 megabytes of RAM, an 8-gig hard drive, and we can change any of those settings. If we want to change the size of the hard drive, add another hard drive, we can change the memory just by dragging this slider. I can go on this system, which has uh, 512 megs of RAM and uh, and then of course swap space it's allowing me to go up to 752 of course that's going to affect performance on my host operating system I don't want to do that so we'll just go with 192 megabytes of RAM whatever it uh, whatever it's giving me there so we'll just get out of that and then we're just going to power on our virtual machine for the first time and that's going to give us our virtual machine that error message that I just received was saying that I don't have a floppy drive and that's because there's none installed in the computer. So here we go. It's booting from my Windows XP CD, which I've already placed in the drive. And of course, if you've ever installed Windows XP, you will recognize this right away. There we are. So now, you can see that we can spin this. So we've got our Linux and we've got our Windows XP installation. But we want to get that up to, you know, full screen, that's quick switch mode, um, switch over to full screen, okay, so we'll leave in quick switch for now because that allows us just to pop between the two operating systems really simply, and let's get back to here, we've got lots of questions to answer while Windows XP is installing, so we'll just get right on to that, and of course I'm on MSN TV at RobbieF.com, and the same is for my email, and you can visit us online for the forums at tv.robbyf.com. Okay, I've got a question here from Tassos who would like to know how hard or easy it is to make a simple detector of internet activity like when someone has visited specific sites. So I'm gathering from the question, Tassos, that you're asking about um, basically tracking hits on your website, finding out what pages are, are getting the most, uh, the most hits throughout your website. Um, that's very, very simple. If you're using uh, a advanced uh, language such as PHP, you can create that um, very, very simply. But it's one of those things, why reinvent the wheel? 
Um, there's a program from Google called Analytics, and I'll just pull that up so that we can get the URL. Google.com slash analytics, and that's spelled A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S. It's a free service, and that's phenomenal. I mean, you just basically cut, uh, you, you add your website to analytics, you cut and paste a JavaScript code, so of course because it's JavaScript it's going to run on HTML, PHP, ASP, it's going to run on anything uh, if you pla place that within your code. So you basically place that within uh, at the bottom of every page. These days most people are using a template anyways or a, a frame for their site, a, a theme, so it's usually just like one index page that runs the entire site. So in that case you just paste it at the bottom and it tracks what pages they're visiting, um, where they're from, information about uh, you know how they found you, refers, uh, including search queries and things like that. So definitely a good way to go. Take a look at that. Let me know if that works for you. If not, we can look into other options. Back at our Windows XP installation here, it's just prompting us to hit enter. The tons of questions that we have to go through for Windows XP install. I'm going to format that partition quick. NTFS. <coughs> and we'll just let that go. It's going to start copying our Windows files as well to the hard drive for installation. So. Okay. Looking at our next question, got another email here coming from Holly. And Holly is asking about her web camera. Uh, apparently, it's not working. Uh, unless she's using MSN. Okay, it's the Acer Orbicam on Windows Vista. So it's no secret that uh, Windows Vista has had quite a few problems being uh, the new offering from Microsoft. Uh, one of the big things that's been an issue is the webcam support. What I'd recommend that you try, and I'm not sure uh, because you don't mention here in your email what, uh, what's been done so far, but if you're watching right now, Feel free to just drop me an MSN or another email. Um, just let me know if you've uh, if you've tried different drivers. But with the Acer Orbicam, uh, Acer themselves is actually recommending that you uh, try the Logitech drivers. So I'm just going to pull up that website. So their support website is http uh, colon slash slash. So support.acer-euro.com. So that's basically Acer Europe. Acer-euro.com. So I'm just pulling that up now. Up at the top, you see drivers and utilities, and then you can click here to find necessary files right under driver downloads. Over on the left, you see the pull down for Acer Aspire. So you want to uh, use your model number. So let's see what that is. And this is going to be the case with any uh, Acer notebook that's using the, uh, the Orbicam, so just punch in your model. Yours is the AS9300. So over under Acer Aspire, we're going to go A Aspire 9300, so just scroll down a little ways, about three quarters of the way. That's going to take you to a page that offers you Windows XP and Windows Vista. Under Windows Vista, Drivers and Utilities, click on Acer Orbicam Logitech, and that's going to give you the Logitech drivers for the Orbicam. Make sure that you now download those, just save them on your desktop or something, but then before you install them, make sure that you uninstall the ones that came with your computer, okay? Install this, uh, make sure that everything that's using your webcam is, is off, and then uh, install those drivers, allow it to detect your, com your camera, and, uh, and let us know how it goes, alright? Windows XP is uh, just copying files over to that hard drive. Thanks for your questions, Tassos and Holly. If you have any more questions, please feel free to MSN me at tv at robbyf.com. Got several emails coming in. Uh, we'd love to hear from people by phone, 705-739-1056.
You can MSN your questions to tv at robbyf.com or you can email the same address. Visit us online at www.tv.robbyf.com. Today we're installing Windows XP Professional onto PC Linux OS with the Barrel uh, Project 3D um, on, uh, on PC Linux OS. So we're going to have basically VMware with Windows XP running uh, on a cube face within Barrel. So that system is just about to reboot now. So now when this installs things, when it formats hard drives, when you see it rebooting the computer, this is remember this is rebooting a virtual computer. So you're not actually uh, causing any damage to your computer or rebooting your computer when you do that. Now you'll see that we're booting directly into Windows XP Professional. It's just still the installer as it will be probably for the rest of the show. But we'll try to get that up and running within the, uh, within the one hour that we have. Any questions, please MSN me at tv at robbyf.com. Holly's got one other question here about a uh, a laptop hard drive that she's trying to access with a USB um, and I presume that she means and Holly correct me if I'm wrong but so you mean that there's a USB device that you are connecting into the um, the bus of the hard drive itself so like a, an adapter to allow you to do that uh, but the problem that you're running into is that there's protection on it and you need to break a passcode um, so in order for me to know more I'd have to know kind of where you're seeing that uh, that prompt for a password what you're what you're encountering there it's, um, to be honest with you, it's probably not a good idea to be experimenting with that kind of thing just because of the potential of data loss. If there's something on the hard drive that you might lose, um, you might want to have a qualified technician service that just because you're working with parts uh, directly and it should be done uh, within a static-free environment. And uh, certainly if you're going to be hot-swapping it back and forth between a USB port, you don't want to risk any damage to the hard drive itself. So. Um, but but let me know a little bit more information about that. Unfortunately, I don't have enough to go on uh, based on your question. Sorry about that. Got a question coming in from Jean, and she's asking. Um, let's see here. Jean has uh, set up another a second computer at home and uh, has moved, basically wants to move her email upstairs onto the uh, new computer, trying to move email contacts, documents, pictures, and files for business to the new computer. After setting up the business email account on the new computer, she hit send and receive and the computer started to receive 1,700 emails. Lots of fun. Uh, that'll be a long download. And they date back to January of 2006. Emails were copies of emails that she had already received in the last year and a half. Okay, so what it sounds like is that you've got, um, well obviously your email is still sitting on your server, so there's two things that could be going on. The first is, is kind of the most obvious, is that it's possible that, um, that you've been using uh, webmail to access that email server um, since January 2006, in which case if you've been doing that, if you've been logging in through like a squirrel mail panel or something like that, then the first time that you connect, you're going to be getting all of those emails that even though you've already checked them within your web panel, uh, you're going to be getting those on your computer. So um, the way, if that's the issue, the way around that is uh, rather than setting up your account as a POT3 account on your uh, new computer, uh, try setting it up as an IMAP account. That's going to allow you to synchronize your computer directly with the server. So all the emails that you've already read will be marked as read. So they're not coming in as new emails. Um, and then what you do is you just uh, create a new folder on your local uh, folders on, uh, on Outlook and then drag all of that stuff into the local folder. So now you are moving it, you're getting it onto your new computer, but it's um, it's keeping all of the attributes. So if it's been read, if it's been flagged, if it's been responded to, those attributes are going to be moved along because you're connected through IMAP. The first time you connect to the IMAP, because there's 1,700 uh, email, it's going to take a little while to synchronize all those emails. 
but I think that's going to be the best way if that's the problem. The other instance is that if uh, within Outlook, um, if you're checking with Outlook on, on the old computer, you might check in your uh, tools, email accounts, and then uh, go view or change existing email accounts, and then just bring up the properties dialog for the account that's in question. And let's see here. I think it's uh, it's under more settings. If you just click on more settings and then hop over to the advanced tab, you'll see down at the bottom there's a delivery option and the first checkbox says leave a copy of the message on the server. Uh, so if that's checked on the old computer then that would explain uh, why that's been going on as well. Um, so what you can do to uh, to resolve that is just probably the best thing to do would be just to check off the box that says remove from server after 10 days is the default. Just change it to one day and then hit a send and receive and that's going to remove everything off the server. But again, if you want to move those emails onto the new computer, you might uh, rather do the IMAP thing first, just delete them off of the uh, the old computer. So give that a go. If, uh, if you have any more questions for me, uh, just uh, drop over to tv.robbyf.com. Okay, our Windows XP is prompting here. So this is just standard uh, Windows XP installation questions. We need to set our region information, our currency. So we're going to choose English in Canada. Our location is Canada. The rest is fine. Name. Our product key here. Let me just grab that. And I'm just going to switch cameras here because we don't need any piracy going on. <laughs> Not that any of my viewers would do such a thing. Typing in those Microsoft license keys is when you like to know where the keys are. Hunt and peck would take you a while. Okay. So now we're moving along with the installation here change our time zone and it's moving along. Looks like we should have that set up before the end of the show. That's good. Remember you can ask me your uh, technical questions uh, live right now. You can call us up at 705-739-1056. Uh, if you're watching this pre-recorded after the fact just drop over to our forums at www.tv.robbyf.com and you can also reach me by MSN during the broadcast, tv at robbyf.com. Love to hear your questions, love to help you out. We're just going to use some of the typical settings here for Microsoft Windows. It tends to continually prompt you for little things here and there throughout the installation. So if you leave the room, you're going to find that your installation has been halted. So when you're installing Windows XP, make sure that you're uh, keeping a close eye on it. Love to take your questions, tv at robbyf.com. Any technological questions whatsoever? As we're waiting for Windows XP to install, it'd be nice to hear from some people here.
You're watching Category 5 Technological uh, Technology TV with Robbie Ferguson, and I'm here to answer any of your technology questions. All you have to do is just uh, drop me an MSN at tv at robbieapp.com. You can also email to the same address. Or you can call 705-739-1056 and ask your question live on the air. According to our Windows installation, we're looking at about 19 minutes left. I'd love to fill that up with some questions if anyone has any. Uh, in the meantime, once this is ready, we're going to have a fully working Windows XP on our PC Linux OS desktop with Barrel 3D's envi 3D environment. <coughs> doesn't look like we're taking any questions right now, so let's just hop back over to our Linux computer here just for something to, to show you guys. So now you can see the performance here is excellent even though um, we're looking at, you know, we're installing Windows XP, we've got our, our 3D environment going, things like that. A lot of the uh, performance is coming off of that video card, that's the NVIDIA 7600 card that's in there. So the 3D accelerator really helps this out. <clears throat> and have, having the latest drivers also is a great thing because that's you know what's giving us the ability to run this without using XGL. So with PC Linux OS, and it's similar for uh, any uh, Linux environment, there's always a, a package manager for the desktop environments. And uh, in PC Linux OS, uh, the, the, the uh, program is called Synaptic. This program allows us to easily install pretty much, I mean, there's, there's just a vast number of Linux applications. So once this loads up your, your package list, uh, like all of the, uh, the list of uh, all the programs that are available, uh, it will give you an ability to search, uh, to scroll through by category. Uh, let's say we want to look up a game or something like that. We can just drop over to sections here. And it's the greatest thing because everything, and we've discussed this before, but with Linux a lot of stuff is accessed just through the web. So you're not having to insert disks or uh, CDs and things like that. And uh, because most of the programs are free, uh, you can pretty much just uh, you know find what you want, install it, and start using it. So let's say, for example, um, let's just add a puzzle game or something. Um, and I don't know how to play it, but let's do uh, Sudoku. Is it <laughs> Sudoku? Just because that seems to be a, uh, a popular one. So 
know I'm accidentally clicking on things here, so. <laughs> Working with a uh, screen capture is a little difficult. Okay, so let's say uh, Sudoku. I think that's the pronunciation. I'm just going to right click on that and mark it for installation. So I'm in games, puzzles, and there's a couple of options there. And then I'm just going to apply those changes. So it, if I'd like to see, it's going to show me what's going to be installed. It's a program called K-Sudoku. And then I can just apply that. So now that's going to download that game right off of the internet. It's installed it for me. It's configuring it. It's applying the, uh, the changes to my menu, things like that. And this goes for basically any program that you'd like to install. So um, you can see kind of the ease of, you know, because it uses the internet, it's very, very straightforward. <laughs> okay, so that is now installed, so I can close out of Synaptic. So, games, puzzles, K-Sudoku. So you can see it's already added it to my menu under games and puzzles. So it's very well organized. You can find what you're looking for really easily. And you don't have all the, uh, you know, there's just the program itself. You don't have the addition of, you know, uh, the uninstaller, the readme, all of that stuff that uh, you may be used to. So. There's all different options here. <laughs> so you can see how simple that is just to install a basic program. And that goes for anything, whether you're installing office packages, drivers, things like that. It's often quite simple. If you have any questions with, with regards to any form of technology, just uh, drop onto our website at tv.robbyf.com. There's a link there to email me directly. Uh, you can also MSN me, tv at robbyf.com is my MSN address, and uh, I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions. We also have opened up a special live phone line. If you'd like to call in uh, and be heard live on the air, it's 705-739-1056 uh, during the broadcast. We're on the air for another 22 minutes, and I'd love to hear from you. Any questions whatsoever uh, dealing with technology? This is a free service that we're offering, and uh, Category 5 is just so that uh, basically been designed so that you can, uh, if you have any technological questions, you can call into a professional technician, namely myself, and uh, have these uh, questions answered at no charge to you. So uh, we'd love to hear from you tonight. We've got about eight minutes remaining on our Windows XP installation, so that's coming along quite nicely. You can see how we can just switch the view there. What I did is I just made it full screen, and that's uh, you know instant. And, uh, you don't have to change any settings or anything like that. It's just a click of a button. Virtual machines are excellent not only for um, I mean, looking at it practically, if you run a server, let's say your business needs to um, have multiple different servers running, so you can just, rather than purchasing multiple servers, we can build one PowerHorse server, something like a dual Xeon or something along those lines, depending on your needs, of course, uh, but using virtualization technology, we can have four or eight simultaneous operating systems running at any given time. And each operating system, as far as it's concerned, is its own server. It shares the resources beautifully. Um, the uh, VMware product is able to use uh, the virtualization technology, VMT systems, and uh, it's also able to um, tap into the power of multiple core systems. Um, and you can even have uh, dual processor um, uh, operating systems running within your virtual machine, so that the virtual machine is actually utilizing the power of two processors. Um, so that's, in, in a business sense, it obviously makes practical sense. It's going to save you a lot of money uh, because you're only looking at software expenses. Hardware, 
you're just going to up be upgrading one server if you uh, need to upgrade your entire basically network of servers. Um, in a residential uh, sense, what, what can be done there if you want to be, let's just using an example, you want to be running Linux uh, even if only as an experiment just to see what it's like, you want to try something new. Um, so you can run Linux as your core operating system and then you know you may have some Windows applications. Photoshop is a great example where you may want to be able to still use that um, but you're, you know, you, you can't really transition to Linux and that's holding you back because of the fact that you can't have Photoshop in Linux per se. Now, and we're not getting into how to install uh, Photoshop into Linux because it can be done using Wine and things like that, but just looking at it practically from, from a layman or from a beginner standpoint, um, it's really, really easy to set up a virtual machine within your Linux environment, just as we're doing here, and then you'll be able to um, Anytime you need Photoshop or any of those Windows applications, I use it for my video production when I'm doing DVD production and things. Just because I purchased Windows um, DVD production software before I started using Linux, and so you know I've always just uh, you know rather than purchasing new software or or making the switch, it's just what I'm comfortable with, so that's what I've done. So you can do the same where you can boot into your Linux, use it for your day-to-day -day use, but then when you need Photoshop or your DVD production suite or whatever it is you can just boot into uh, Microsoft Windows right on, say, a cube face. So then you can switch around and it gives you a lot of productivity. So we've got about three minutes left of this installation. Um, now it should be noted that virtual machines are not good for gaming at this point. And, uh, and I say that, you know, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek statement uh, because it can be done. Uh, VMware Workstation Edition. Now we're installing the Server Edition today. The Workstation Edition uh, supports much more in the way of multimedia. Uh, I use that uh, edition of VMware to power uh, FL Studio 7 and I'm able to run my uh, my basically audio production suite um, in real time with absolutely no lag and no, no clipping or anything like that. So it runs better actually than it did natively on Windows XP. Um, so it, it can be done but specifically uh, using virtual machines is for uh, is going to be more for um, standard applications. It's not necessarily for 3D um, because 3D is going to run into some problems. In that instance, if you're a gamer and you still want to try Linux, what can be done is what's called a dual partition system. And what that means is that you would install Windows and Linux simultaneously on the same hard drive. So where virtualization, you can be running them both at the same time, so you have both Linux and Windows running at the same time on different cube faces. Um, as opposed to that, uh, a dual partition system, when you turn on your computer, you'll actually choose do you want to use Windows or do you want to use Linux? Uh, and you can only run one or the other. Uh, but um, you could just have a dual partition with Windows XP and Linux, and then within Linux have a virtual machine with Windows XP, so that for gaming, you could boot into your Windows XP by itself, but for Photoshop and things like that, you could boot into uh, Linux first and then into Windows XP. Just a couple of thought starters for you, and of course if you have any questions about virtualization or anything that I've said on the show today, uh, feel free to just visit our forums at www.tv.robbyf.com. That's exactly what the forums are for, so that after the show is finished and it's been, uh, and it's been put on, uh, on the archive, uh, you'll be able to comment, ask your questions and things like that, even if you were unable to watch it live. Okay, looking at our Windows XP box, we're ready to go. The installation looks like it's complete. It's just resizing the window. And here we go, booting up into Windows XP on Linux for the first time. Feel free to MSM me your questions at tv at robbyf.com or call me up at 705-739-1056. Windows XP is ready to go. Just going to click next a few times. Do our networking configuration. We're not going to register. Uh, we're not going to turn on automatic updates or register today. <coughs> so there we go. It runs. 
within the virtual machine within Linux and in real time. Now when, we, um, when we're using our 3D cube, the keystrokes are Control-Alt and then rotate your window. So when you do that within the server edition, it seems it's going to pull you away from that, um, from full screen. It's not a big deal. You can always switch right back. Control-Alt is also your escape character, but when we escape out of Windows, it's um, dropping us out of full screen. So there we are. So we've got Windows XP installed directly onto a cube face. And that's as easy as it was. I mean, you've seen it step by step through the whole process. None of this has been canned. None of it's been... I mean, the only thing that I did to speed things up really was download VMware ahead of time. So that was just sitting on our desktop ready to go. Uh, but this is a true uh, Windows XP installation. So everything that you would expect in, the, in a real Windows XP, this is it. Because this is Windows XP. So. You can configure that up however you like. Now, if you ever uh, get the VMware Workstation Edition, there's there's lots of other features as well. Um, as like snapshots are a wonderful thing. They allow you to basically take a uh, take a, a, a snapshot of your virtual machine in that. If anything ever happens to that, if you get a virus within Windows XP uh, in your virtual machine, you can revert to the snapshot, and then it will allow you to, um, it will basically undo anything that's happened between the time the snapshot was taken and the time that you, uh, that you uh, clicked on it. So um, with the server edition, you can take a single snapshot, and that will do the same thing, but you can only take a single snapshot, I believe, unless they've changed that uh, since the last time I've used the server edition. But with Workstation Edition, it is um, seems to be unlimited. You can just keep taking snapshot after snapshot and uh, and continually um, add to them. So, if you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you at 705-739-1056. You can email me or MSN me at the same address, tv at robbyf.com. When you've clicked on your virtual machine, one of the things that you'll notice is that your mouse kind of tends to get trapped in there. You can't get outside of that. And that's, again, you want to hit your Control-Alt, which releases your mouse back to Linux. So now my mouse belongs to Linux. And you can see the mouse cursor is still sitting there for Windows. But then when I click in the Windows area, I regain control of the Windows mouse cursor. And then again, to get back, Control and Alt gives me back my Linux mouse cursor. So now, if you'd like to, we can jump back here and we can go and create another new virtual machine. We can keep installing virtual machines and then we get these tabs up here in quick switch mode that allows us to switch. You know, if you wanted to have Windows XP Professional, let's say you uh, run a company where you're providing tech support for various operating systems, you could have a tab for Windows XP Professional, Windows 98, Windows 2000, basically any of the core operating systems um, so that um, you can be providing support. If somebody calls you up and says, I need support on this operating system, you can just open her up. All right. So general commands for barrel, control and alt, left mouse click is going to allow you to spin your cube. And we've discussed that. Um, you've got your special effects for uh, your window opening and things like that. And those are just, you know, they're controlled just like you would expect. And there's some other cool things, like if you hold in your Alt key, you're going to be able to drag this without having to grab the top bar here. And you can drag it right around the cube. So productivity-wise, if you've got a lot of programs open, you can start to utilize all four desks, as well as have your Windows XP operating system if that's necessary, if you need that. But then when you're not using this, you can just shut it down.
Lore Lady is asking how she can obtain a screenshot of something that she's viewing online. Basically, um, that will depend on, let's see what operating system she's running. In Linux, it's, uh, it's quite straightforward, and I'll pull that up on our PC Linux OS system here. Basically, you just push the print screen button, and that's going to ask you where you want to save your screenshot to. It's that simple. Could not be easier in Linux. Again, anything that you have open, you press the print screen button, which every keyboard has, and that just asks you, you know, do you want to save it? Do you want to uh, copy the clipboard? Do you want to print it? Uh, but let's go back to, okay, now, Lore Lady is running Windows XP. So, let's see. I'm just kind of inquiring about what kind of stuff she's running there. So let's pull up our Windows XP. It's been a long time. It's funny that I have not done a screenshot in Windows XP for a very long time. <laughs> well, the quick nitty-gritty way is, um, and now obviously there's software to do it. I'm just checking if print screen does anything in Windows XP and doesn't seem to. Um, but you can uh, you can install a program that will do screenshots for you. Um, and uh, of course, one is uh, gra uh, GNU Im Image Manipulation Program GIMP, uh, which is just online at I believe I better confirm. Yeah, www.gimp.org. If you just download that, it's available for Windows and Linux. And you go File, Acquire, Screenshot, and that's very very quick. Um, just gets it done for you, and then you can edit the image as well. So. Hope that helps. But uh, what I'll do, Laura, um, and I, I tend to do this just because I don't know a, a quick, really, really quick uh, answer to that. Just because I've been using Linux for so long, I've, I've never needed to do a screenshot on Windows um, for probably 10 years now. So, uh, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll look it up, and I'll I'm sure that there's just a really quick little utility that we could just put in your in your tray or something, and uh, I'll put that up in the forum at uh, tv.robbyf.com. So keep an eye on that. It'll probably be up tonight. Okay. Any more questions? Just drop me a uh, MSN message at tv at robbyf.com. If you have any questions with regards to technology, all you have to do is e email me or MSM me at the same address as tv at robbyf.com or you can call us up and be featured live on the air at 705-739-1056. This is a free service, Category 5 Technology TV with Robbie Ferguson and I'd be happy to answer any technological questions that you have for me. We've got about six minutes left of the show tonight. And of course, if you uh, if you miss your chance tonight, what you can do is pop on over to our website at www.tv.robbyf.com and click on the forum. All right. So we're always happy to uh, help you out, answer your questions if we can.
you know, it's been so long. Um, <laughs> it really has been a long time since I've done screenshots in, in uh, Windows. And uh, what we need to do, when you push the print screen, it's actually going to copy that to your clipboard. Um, so let's just pull this up here. I'm just looking at our, our new virtual machine that we created here. And I've just brought up Internet Explorer. So I'm just going to try this. I hit print screen. And then let's bring up, say, um, there, paint. That should do for us. Edit and paste. And there we go. So there's our screenshot. It's not quite as quick uh, as on Linux, but it's, it's obviously fairly simple. So you can just uh, create that. So now that I've pasted it into paint, you can just go File, Save As. And uh, Paint, since XP, I believe, has uh, the JPEG function, so you can save that as a JPEG. All right? So that's a lot quicker for you, Laura. I'm sorry I didn't have that readily available. I know it's such a silly question. It's just been so long since I've done that. Not one of those common things that I've done on Windows XP. So, Any other questions? Drop me an MSN message at uh, tv at robbyf.com. You can also email the same address or give me a call at 705-739-1056. Lori's just asking about Paint Shop. Um, yeah, that would be fine. Um, Paint Shop will have the same feature where you can paste into a, 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 a new image or whatever like that. But um, when I brought up Paint, that's just because this is a fresh install of Windows XP that we're looking at, so we haven't installed anything like Paint Shop. Paint is a program that comes with uh, Microsoft Windows, so Windows XP. Um, so yeah, you could you could paste that into any program that supports uh, image pasting. You could probably even paste that directly into Word if you'd like. So and then stretch it and resize it and things like that. You're watching Category 5 Technology TV with Robbie Ferguson. I'm a technologist from Barrie, Ontario, and I'd love to answer your questions. The service is provided free of charge. You can call us up at 705-739-1056, or you can also MSN tv at robbyf.com. You can visit our website at www.tv, short for television, at robbyf, that's short for ferguson.com. We've only got a few minutes left to our show today. I'd love to take a couple more questions if anyone has any. What we've accomplished uh, so far in the past two shows is that we've installed PC Linux OS, uh, which is a Linux operating system which we've discovered is based on Mandriva as well as uh, has some source code from multiple other Linux distributions. Uh, and then on top of that, we've installed VMware Server, which is a free virtualization technology from VMware. And you can download that. I'm going to be posting the links and everything up on our uh, on our website at www.tv.robbyf.com within the next 12 hours or so. Uh, and then on top of that, it, within uh, VMware Server, we've installed Windows XP Professional. So now we've got our PC Linux OS running with uh, the Barrel 3D plugin, and uh, that's giving us the, the 3D environment. So here we are with Windows XP running within our... 3D PC Linux OS. Very straightforward. If you follow the show, you'll be able to um, basically do all that yourself. And if you run into any problems or if you have any questions about virtualization, anything that we've covered on the show, just visit www.tv.robbyf.com and click on the forum, and that will be open to you uh, for any questions that you have with regards to tonight's show. Well, that wraps up this episode, episode number two of Category 5 Technology TV. Don't forget to visit us online at www.tv.robbyf.com. Thanks for joining us today, and hope you have a great night.